Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. I'm so excited and honored to kick off the devotion classes. Uh, it's something that I, I love that we get to be uh, disciples of Jesus. <laughs> We're learners, and so I, I feel like this, uh, it's very intentional and um, exciting that I get to be kicking this off. Can you turn that over there? So like, thank you. Thank you. Um, I feel like there's something really important about um, finding ways, even in waiting, to partake in things like growing um, and nurturing our, our hearts and our minds um, and our spiritual walks. It's not just something that we um, sit back and relax and kind of just wait, um, sit back and wait. And so um, I, I just feel like there's there's a weight on the devotion classes. And so if it, even if you don't resonate with a topic that com- that's coming up, I just encourage you to come and receive, and you just never know what you can uh, learn from it and glean from from the amazing teachers that we have in this house. It really is amazing. Uh, and so tonight, I wanna I wanna cover um, just. It seems like a, a topic that people share about, and that there's a lot out there. Um, and I just feel like I, I like that we get to um, even this, if things are repetitious or if you've heard it before um, that you've maybe never heard it from me. So I may have some <laughs> fresh insight and encouragement on the topic for you. Um, and so maybe you'll you'll hear something in a new way or you'll get a key to unlock a part of your life that God's wanting to you to discover and explore with him. And so um, one thing that I found, thought was really funny is that I don't like testimony. <laughs> I should say I used to not care for testimony because I, I always want the meat. I want the meat out of teaching. I want the meat out of a topic, like get to the point. Um, and so I thought it was really funny how we just got through or went through, um, uh, I should say went through, <laughs> went through a testimony series on Sunday mornings. Um, and I actually loved it. And I fa- had this newfound respect and love for hearing testimony because there was like structure. It's like you have things, you got things to say, you have like specific points. So it really cuts out a lot of like the extra and those details are important and and they have a place. But sometimes when you only have 60 seconds in an elevator to share your testimony with somebody, like the fluff don't matter at that point, you got to share. And so um, I've always wanted to share my testimony and know that my, uh, my story is to be told. But I just didn't have the avenue. And so while I was like, oh, I could totally be up on stage there, you know, sharing for five or 10 minutes. Um, and just, you know, having that longing because I knew that this year I would be sharing more about my story. And I'm like, God's just so funny because I get entire evening, um, you know, an entire evening to share with you um, because it's part of my, it is part of my story. And I feel like it's something that um, even though our stories are all so different, that there's, uh, there's fruit and that there's keys and things that I've received along the way. Um, that have just like catapulted me into God's goodness. And so I want that for all of you. So, um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited to share my story and kind of have it woven in um, to this topic because there is going to be meat. And I'm like, I have little spot, spots in my notes where I'm like, tell a story, <laughs> share this. Um, and so I do have, I do have stories and um, there's a time for questions. And if you have like a burning question, obviously you can raise your hand and share that. Um, and so, yeah, so tonight I, I really want to cover what not to do in the waiting, um, what you can do in the waiting and some keys to thrive in the waiting, uh, what to do with the feelings that come up in the waiting. Um, scripture, hi, Sarah. 
scripture um, based on, you know, waiting is biblical. It's something that's found in the Bible. And so, yes, we may have all heard similar verses before, but uh, let's just look at them again. Um, I just feel like there's always that invitation to look again, to look again, to look again. Even if it's a verse that you've heard uh, thousands of times, I just feel like if, if the word's living and active, then we have the opportunity to see something in a new way. Um, and then I, I also want to touch on like what happens when you wait on the Lord. And then I can't not talk about hearing, hearing God's voice. Uh, I, love, I love the prophetic. And so hearing God's voice in the waiting is something that I'm going to touch on as well. Um, so yeah. <laughs> so one thing that I was thinking about as I was reflecting on my, my testimony is um, just the pages and pages of uh, journaling that I did um, over the last like 13 years or so. And um, I thought it was funny because I was never really a journal journaler, probably till about uh, not. I used to journal only when things were going wrong, <laughs> which, which people can tend to do. Um, so I had like one like leather bound journal that I always that I always wrote in. And I still have it, um, but really in the last five years, I've really clung to journaling because that's where, probably seven years, that's really where um, I just found a way to process with Holy Spirit. Once I started to learn and, uh, and discover that I can hear his voice, journaling became a regular part, not just, yes, I can share the bad things or things that I'm going through, but really um, he speaks through us. And so why wouldn't he speak to you through your journaling and your quiet time, um, not just through prayer or um, even re reading the word. So uh, I, I was just reflecting on, I had one journal for about 10 years. I like, I love that I date everything because it was a 10 year journal, one journal. And then I looked at like the last seven years and I have like a stack this tall of like every like you know there's multiple journals th through a year and I just love to recount and and recall like the beauty even if in the pain and sadness and the the painful process that waiting can be um you get to look back and reflect on on your own growth my own growth uh, my relationship with God my relationship with people um how hearing his voice changed my life and showed me he even showed me the seasons I was in in the in, in my writing and you can go back I'm like oh, I remember that season where yes there could have been waiting, but he really does um, give you strategy um, in your quiet time and as you journal. And so sometimes I, I just want to encourage you if you're not a journaler or if you if you have been that there's no right way to journal. I don't write like dear diary. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is what's going on today. Sometimes it's literally bullet points, like little bullet point thoughts that come to mind. Or sometimes it's it's a prayer. Or sometimes it's just whatever you write. And if you've never um, done like unscripted writing where you like set a timer and you just literally write whatever thoughts come to your mind. It is powerful and something that I, I would encourage you just stretching yourself in and doing. Um, he's, like I said, he showed, he showed me strategy on where to spend my time um, and my energy, especially in the, the hard, long waiting seasons. Um, he showed me where the community was. Um, he showed me what being in quiet time looked like with him during some of those times and showed me strategy for my businesses. Um, and so Hearing the voice of God through journaling was something that got me through the time of waiting. Um, and as I grew in hearing the voice of God, uh, my hunger for the prophetic, um, because of my story, my situation, um, grew so much. I was like, well, if I can hear God, I know I've been hearing God. Surely he has strategy for me. Surely he has direction for me. Surely there's hope for me. And so um, I just went after the voice of God, especially in those, in those times. And so um, if you're desiring to grow in the prophetic, I encourage you to attend act the Activate Workshop. 
um, that we have going on. Actually, it's next Saturday, and we have them every month um, for the next few months. And so they are an amazing place where you can just feel um, encouraged and be around a safe community to practice hearing his voice. Um, and I'm actually teaching alongside of Tracy um, next Saturday. So I'm really excited about that. Um, so yeah, so I found revelation and keys uh, in, in my own waiting, and so I get to share some of those things tonight. So is that okay? Yeah. Yay. Okay. Um, one of my favorite quotes that I really just leaned into um, during my, my season of waiting is that learning to wait on God is one of our greatest privileges. <laughs> I just, oh man, I just got to let that sit for a second with you guys because it often feels so opposite of that. Learning to wait on God is one of our greatest privileges. And every, every season and situation has, has so many layers to it. There's not, there's not a one-way direct line um, in your season. That there, There's so many things to uncover. And, and God's training me and training you in that, that not a moment is wasted in the kingdom. And I just know that I know that I know in my knower um, that, that there's so much goodness that can be taken from every single min minute and moment, um, whether you're waiting or not. <laughs> if God is outside of time, he can surely fill any space and moment with just fresh, like not just his love, but, but revelation um, and, and his voice. And so if we let, if we just open up our minds and so to acknowledge the fact that he's outside of time. And so waiting really, you kind of get your mind like melted when you're like, well, if he's outside of time, there's not, <laughs> this, this moment doesn't really mean anything, um, but there's so much meaning in it. And what's, you know, you can go down that whole path. So why do we spend so much time worrying about the future? Um, it's, it's my life versus um, Philippians 4, 6. Um, it just, you know, leaning not on our own understanding. No, that's not the white one. <laughs> that's Proverbs. Um, why would you fear the future? Don't worry about anything, um, but instead pray about everything. And it's just a simple, simple verse. Um, but it's something that I've really always got to lean, lean back on because so much of our time is spent thinking about the future. And think about not just thinking about the future, but worrying about the future, worrying about your kids, your job, your financial situa situations, your marriage, your relationships. Um, and how much time do we spend letting situations or people take up our brain space or our energy, whether that be good or bad. And so is it because we're trying to control the future, we're trying to control other people or our thoughts, um, and maybe we've just never been taught otherwise that we don't have, we don't have to worry, that we don't have to fear. Um, we just may not know. And so I'm just thankful for moments of discipline <laughs> when I've let other people or situations take up brain space um, and the opportunities, even though it's sharp and stretching at times, um, we get to surrender ourselves again and again and again to the Lord and his voice um, and his leading. And so um, we just, Lord, we just surrender our thoughts. We surrender our thoughts to you. Oh, I hope you guys, you guys don't mind praying because I love praying. We surrender our thoughts to you, God, that it's okay to wander, but we just come back to you, God, that you're the focus. Your heart is the focus. So we just surrender our thoughts to you right now, God. Oh, we surrender our lives to you, God. Oh. In the waiting there's almost like a, a, like a rinse and repeat uh, kind of cycle that you can do. And I always just pause. And sometimes you just don't realize how much tension you're holding. And so sometimes there's a pause. And then you just get to just wait and ask God and listen. So I'm like, pause, ask, listen. And then you trust. And then you take a little step. And then you wait. And then you repeat. 
pause, ask, listen, trust, step, wait, repeat. Um, and it's just and it's just something you could, <laughs> yeah. So a lot of times uh, people are quick to worry or they're quick to make a decision or they're quick to assume negative intent with somebody or assume the worst about a situation. Um, and so instead, I feel like the first thing, even if it's a half second pause to just wait and then you can ask those questions. All this can happen in like a nanosecond. It doesn't have to be weeks of, oh, I'm going to pause and wait. Because um, sometimes even if you listen, sometimes God speaks in the silence. And so I feel like listening even in silence, even in stillness, um, you can you can rest assured. Sometimes you just got to step, and that's why I put that that um, that that next step is step because even if you don't hear anything, I feel like there's something in stepping towards something, and then you know the voice of the Lord because we're wired to hear His voice, and so you know what what insta- like instability or in like that ugh that ick feeling is. So then you just, then you can stop. So sometimes Tracy always says you got to, sometimes you have to go until you hear no. And so a lot of people will wait and they'll waste time waiting because they're like, I haven't heard from God yet. I haven't got an answer, but it could be in that stepping that you're supposed to take that, that way you can grow and be stretched in hearing his voice. And so I just, I love that. And I, I've used that like as a rule in my life that I will, I will step, even if I'll wait, I'll pause, I'll ask, I'll listen. But then you, you kind of have that, like, do you find the grace? Once the grace is lifted from, okay, I've been, I feel like I'm waiting around. I feel like I'm not getting anything. Then, then I just step towards something, anything, whether it's a conversation, um, seeking wise counsel, whether it's stepping towards an opportunity, um, whatever that might be, if it's a job, just stepping towards it. And then knowing and trusting that the Lord would never leave, lead you somewhere wrong. <laughs> so if your heart and your and your mind are postured toward him, he will never lead you wrong. And so you'll you'll know what no feels like. And that's why building history with the Lord and his voice is so crucial to your walk with the Lord because when you step, even if you haven't heard anything yet, you'll know when, oh yes, there's peace here. So I'm gonna keep stepping that way or or no if you're like, oh nope, there's not peace there. So I'm gonna I'm I, it's an easy pivot. It makes decision making so much easier when you rest in hearing his voice and then you step towards it whether or not you've heard something and then you can wait so you take a step and then you wait to, 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 to for that feeling or you wait to receive confirmation from somebody and then you get to repeat that whole process for every decision every opportunity every season it's just such like that basic foundation um it's like that rinse and repeat and there's tension in the journey um of following his voice um but tension isn't always a negative thing it's actually a really beautiful thing, and I've, I've even found that, that tension as I was planning because I'm like, I don't want to write everything down, but I was telling Gigi, I was like, I don't write everything down because I don't want to be, like, reading off of this, but I also don't want to put just bare bones because I'm like, you know, I want to have some structure, so it's that good tension, and you'll find that there's healthy tension. Like, they, they talk about how it's a, a, a tightrope. You have to have tension for there to actually get, get across, and so if there's not tension, maybe you should ask yourself, why is this so, so easy? Am I doing something wrong, or is there something I'm missing? Um, so I think that that being okay, learning to be okay with tension is actually a, a really good practice that I've been, I've, I've just kind of grown towards. Like if I start to feel tension, I don't shy away from it right away. You almost kind of lean into it and you're like, okay, God, if I feel this discomfort, or even with a friend or your spouse, like if you feel tension, you can ask the question, have bold communication. Am I feeling something? Is it just me? And it, and it could 
that can alleviate so much effort and energy and time wasting um, worrying about if someone's mad at you or did I offend somebody or they offended, you know, did they offended me, but maybe that wasn't their heart, heart posture. And so it's just an invitation. I think that tension really is, tension is an invitation um, to lean into the Lord. So sometimes it's, it's, it's not so much that he's, um, he's speaking loudly or, or through a prophetic word or whatever, or journaling. Sometimes, like I, I mentioned, it's in the silence, in the waiting, um, the, the stillness and the silence. And so it's, it's not even his words that are speaking, but it could be like the, gr- the inner groans of expectation. Like you know, oh God, like you know you have this promise over your life or you know that something is coming and you don't know what it is. Like the groan of expectation as we wait patiently on the Lord is such a beautiful thing because the Lord is already, Jesus himself is interceding for us on our behalf to the Father and the Holy Spirit is interceding for us so we can like lay, like completely strip off worry and we can lean in even to that groaning, like the aches and groans, like the longing in your heart for the promises that the Lord has over your life. Like we get to just groan with expectation instead of grumble, like grumble, <laughs> irritantly, irritatedly. Um, so I've just learned to enjoy silence. So even when, you, when you're not hearing him speak um, about your season or about a situation, I just love that we can, um, you know, expectantly wait for him because he's the God of breakthrough. He, he's, he comes through for us every time. And so whether or not um, we hear him actually saying something, we can just, we can just sit in, in the, the, the groans of expectation as we wait for him. And just even just thinking like, okay, Lord, I just trust that Jesus and the Holy Spirit are interceding for me. I don't even know. I've been waiting for a long time and I'm just going to rest in that promise and just trusting that. And then just letting yourself lean into the groans of expectation. Um, even if it's a little bit uncomfortable. (laughs) Um, I love that Psalm 119 is one of my absolute favorite um, passages in the Bible, but one part specifically that it says um, that I really held on to in a time of of uncertainty or just waiting is it says, even though my life hangs in the balance, I'll keep following what you've taught me no matter what. Such a simple, like simple verse, but man, like think about how many times, maybe, maybe not, you haven't had had the feeling that your life's hanging in the balance, but like I've felt had those times, those scenes where I'm like, man, I'm just like in the limbo. Like I don't, whether you're waiting for transition, whether you're waiting for something to happen, um, even though your life hangs in the balance, we get to keep following what the Lord has taught us no matter what. Um, and I just love that, that because we're disciples, because we're learners, we get to um, always be learning. So if we're, we keep following what we've been taught, we know that the Lord, we can trust him and so your life can hang in the balance, but we'll trust him and fo- continue to follow him and be faithful to follow him no matter what. And so while we wait and hope with expect- expectation, um, we're not dormant or stagnant. Um, even in the stillness, stillness isn't stagnancy. I think there's a big difference. Yeah. Um, yeah. Stillness. <laughs> yeah. Stillness isn't stagnancy. There, there, even just the feeling of like stillness versus something being stagnant are two completely different things. You can walk into a still room and have the, 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 the peace and the presence of the Holy Spirit, and then you can walk into a stale, stagnant room, and there's the, you, can, you just know that you know. Ain't nothing had to be happening. You just know. You just feel it. Um, I'm so thankful for, this, the, for our feelings and, and our spiritual senses because we get to pick up on those things. So we, if there is something stagnant or if there is a room or a situation, we, get to ch- we can have authority and power to change that and shift that. Um, and I think that that's so powerful. We're so powerful. If only p- if people knew, you know, that they can um, wait 
with hope and expectation um, and shift what's happening around them, even if they're not seeing their promises fulfilled yet. And so Psalm 119, like I said, is, is really a resting place um, for me and for your hearts. It's a heart and a map to the guide um, that we need to guide us through each season, whether you're in waiting or if you're, if you're questioning things. It's just such a great passage, and I just encourage you to go through that um, in, in, your, in your own quiet time. It's so beautiful. I, I love the Passion Translation, and that verse, um, that, that entire passage really encouraged me. Um, when I was waiting, um, I need to remember to tell a story. Tell a story. <laughs> um, anyways, we, we can remind ourselves of the promises of God um, because it's a place, there's promises in, in that scripture all throughout that, that passage, and we can always come back to it to find hope um, and encouragement, strength, perseverance. I mean, there's promises all throughout the Bible about that, but um, if there's one that maybe you haven't dove, dove, dove into Psalm 119, um, it's a good opportunity. That might be the verse um, or passage for your season now. Um, it's so good. It's so good. There's so many good nuggets in there. Um, and so I, d I just, it brought nourishment to me. It brought strategy to me. Um, and, it, and it really did. Um, it gave me breakthrough to know how to pray, to know where to, to rest, and to know where to have my focus through a time of uncertainty. And so uh, part of my thing that I mentioned in the beginning is I don't want to teach tonight. I don't want to encourage I, wanna, I, want, I want to give you knowledge and the ability to apply what you take away too. Like the ability to apply and not just hear a good teaching, but like I, I'm such a, like you, I want you to be sponges that take, that take it in. And Abraham was talking about this the other day about us being sponges that we, sponges hold things, but then you, they can only hold so much before you have to squeeze it out. And so I just hope that this is something that you can absorb and then squeeze out um, in your walk and in, in, in your own um, journey. And I just want, I just, oh man, I just pray that the Lord, like one of my prayers for you as I was just processing and preparing was that I said, Lord, lead them into deeper waters of understanding that true freedom from self and the hope in waiting is found at the sound of your cry of your surrender to him. It was just a prayer that I had for you that, that there's that deep, that tension, that, uh, that, that yearning, um, and that's, that can be turned into the cry of surrender to him when you, when you don't know what else to do or you don't know if you're waiting around, that you get to, to surrender to him and that there's freedom from yourself. There's freedom from worry and fear in those things. <laughs> so learning to wait on God is one of our greatest privileges. I just, I just can't get away from that. Like, how do we change our perspective when we're waiting for something, when we're waiting for a promise? It's a privilege to wait because we get to, we get to know the Lord in such a new way. We get to, we get to see sides of his face that we haven't seen before. And, and so when you're, whether you're waiting on direction or clarity or answers or, or healing or breakthrough or just change in your, in, in your life, um, I just feel like this is a call and an invitation to see your waiting as a, as a great privilege. Yeah, yeah. It changes everything when your perspective on the waiting season changes. And so I want to talk a little about what not to do in the waiting. The obvious thing is not to do nothing. <laughs> There's a difference, like I said, stagnancy and stillness. And don't do nothing. Yes, you can sit still and actively wait. And I actually looked up part of the, part of the definition of active is engaging or ready to engage. And so even in doing nothing, you can actively be waiting. 
um, on the Lord. And you can be engaged and like your spirit can be getting ready and you can be preparing your heart and yourself. So don't do nothing. Don't ignore the fact that you're waiting. Don't ignore what, what promises God, God has spoken over your life. If you're waiting for healing, don't not do anything. and just Even just saying, no, I know God's going to heal me. Yes, that's, that's true, but don't do nothing about it. <laughs> don't complain. We're told not to complain, and that's, that can be hard. My, uh, that can be very hard. <laughs> it's easy to complain when you're waiting and when you've been waiting for a long time or if, if you're on a deadline, you know, like if, you're, if, you're, if you kind of have to make a decision, it's easy to be like, I, you know, it's easy to complain. It's very easy to complain. And, and there's a difference between sharing, um, like sharing where you're at with a trusted friend or in community and, and complaining and gossiping. There's a big difference. And, and if you have those kind of that close circle, um, I always like to, I just is one of those people for me. And we're always like, we're not, we're not complaining. We're just, we, and it's not even venting. <clears throat> You're really processing. Sometimes you truly do need to process with someone. I'm an external processor, and so I have, like, I will process with the Lord and with Holy Spirit, but then there's those times where I'm like, no, I, I just need to get this out. Like, t just, t I just need, I don't even need any advice. I just need to get it out. And in that, too, you sometimes you'll find um, revelation and, and answers, and just you'll feel better. So if you're not looking or searching for a solution or speaking solution um, when you're sharing, then it most likely it's complaining. Some other things not to do in the waiting is striving or stressing. I think this one is probably the biggest one that, <clears throat> that I deal with and a lot of other people deal with is that while you're waiting, you're stressing about the outcome. You're stressing about what's going to be. It's that worry. It's that stress. And so a lot of times we'll find ourselves in that striving of like, I got to figure out what I, what I want to do or you'll, you'll talk too much about it so you become obsessive over it that kind of falls into that striving category is, is obsessing over something, obsessing over trying to figure out what's wrong with you or what's, what's how to fix the situation. I would not, <laughs> I would not, there's just finding the pace of the Lord in the season of waiting, I think is really important. And so if you find yourself in that that striving, that stressful state, that state of overwhelm, that is not the Lord. <laughs> so if that's what's happening, then you can, then it's like your instant like red flag or just your little ticker mark to be like, oh, I got, I can just, I need to take a step back. And why am I striving? Why am I stressing about this? A lot of times it is just fear, fear. There's the fear of control, fear of the future. Um, the other thing not to do is is rush ahead. A lot of times it's easy to rush ahead and, and make a decision. Um, rushing ahead just because you haven't heard anything I think can be something that people can get caught up in doing in the waiting is that they, even if they think that they hear something, this has happened to me, where you'll think you hear something or you think you heard the right thing instead of just waiting on the Lord, even after you've received direction and strategy, is that I rush ahead and I'm like, oh, well, he told me this, so I'm just going to go this way without asking for the plan or what else he's saying about it or the timing of it. I think that rushing ahead, um, because we are such an answer and instant gratification society that we're like trained to just keep go, 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 going. And I think there is something in that when I was talking about that, like, ask, pause, wait, listen, repeat. Um, there's something really, really specific and strategic about that. So pausing, asking, listening, trusting, stepping, and waiting. And then the, 
the hardest things is when you do hear something is to just pause again. Like you're rinsing and repeating that cycle, pausing. And so when the Lord does say something, giving yourself another pause, asking him more questions, giving space to listen, and then trusting what you hear and stepping towards that. And I think what, one thing I've learned about the Holy Spirit is that I, uh, that I love the most is that he, he cleans up our messes. So sometimes if we do rush ahead, I just feel like um, he's so faithful to, um, to clean that up. And, and we have accountability too. So if you, it, I've had to go back to people and apologize for um, misspeaking or mishearing the Lord um, and, and, and truly just taking responsibility because I rushed ahead. Uh, and now I know better. <laughs> I'm learning slowly um, what that rushing ahead um, just because I, I, I am, I love hearing the voice of the Lord and, and I love that you all can hear that, but then how do we steward that? That's a part of stewarding the, the, the voice of the Lord is patience, waiting. And so, yes, we can wait on the Lord, but we have to, has to have to wait on what we hear too, like what we hear him say and then just being like, okay, just because he said, yes, take this job or whatever, whatever the, he, the answer he gives you to, again, use that process again to wait and pause and even ask more questions. I think curiosity in the waiting is something that um, we don't do enough of. We'll, and we'll just ask the same questions. We'll ask why is this happening, how long. Like those are probably the two biggest questions that we have or that we say during the waiting when really I think the Lord invites us into intimacy um, with him through our curiosity. And so asking him questions, maybe asking him something different. Maybe tonight you'll ask, start asking things in a new way. And I have some questions for you at, towards the end um, that you can use in your quiet time. Maybe that may be questions you haven't asked yet about your season. Another, another thing of what not to do in the waiting is to fill the time. Just filling the time with, I don't even want to say unhealthy things, but with things. So even if it could be something good, may not be God's best. And so filling that time, numbing yourself, whether it's social media, drinking, um, making yourself busy, just constantly filling your schedule because you haven't, you know, you, you're waiting for something or you just want to build, fill your schedule so you don't have to think about it because you've been waiting for a while and you haven't heard your answer. Um, that's um, oh, personal story. Okay? <laughs> I keep having, forgetting to share part of my story, but this is a good one because um, I realized um, I uh, am divorced and I did never, uh, didn't ever expect myself to be 35 and divorced, but here I am. Um, and something that I really acknowledged and why I can say, don't fill your time, fully fill your time waiting. Um, I filled my time with healthy things to avoid things that were going on. Um, and so I, I, yes, it's good to build community and yes, it's good to spend time with friends and, um, working out and, enjoying life and doing things that are positive. And so I, I, I felt like I had, I was okay. I was in, I was in the clear, like, well, I'm doing, I'm doing all these good things. Um, really forgetting, um, forgetting that I have issues, uh, that we have, we all have issues and we all have things that we're dealing with. And, and I, I was so tired of dealing with them alone in my marriage. And so I, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't address it because I felt like I was alone, alone in my marriage and didn't feel like at times there was times where I was fighting against myself because I was so obsessed with trying to fix what was going on um, and fix, you know, I wanted to have a successful marriage and I just wanted to avoid at times. And there's, there's tons of theories about attachment styles and um, av avoidant is one of them. And, and I noticed myself falling into that because it was like eight, you know, over eight years of being together um, with my ex-husband and uh, not realizing 
that I was avoiding some of the biggest red flags that could have been avoided a long time ago. And so um, filling the time, so asking yourself the question, if you're in a season of waiting, how are you spending your time? How are you filling your time? Are you doing things like nurturing your, your spirits, spending time in community? Yes. Are you spending time with the Lord? Like not letting yourself be so quick to just check it off of your box in the morning. You know, your, your weekly or your daily routine is that quiet time, but maybe it's requiring you to spend or switch up your quiet time. Maybe you go somewhere differently. Maybe you start at a different time. Maybe you journal a little bit differently. Maybe you sit in a new, a new room or something. Um, the Lord can just, he can bring a lot of goodness, (laughs) even if you just wait um, and do, do, th- do things. Instead of doing things, um, really focusing on what the Lord is saying for the now. One thing, um, oh, I put the wrong thing. In, oh, wrong way. Okay. Another thing that, that I think is important that we do is acknowledging feelings that come up in the waiting because I think it's easy to either avoid um, or we're, we're told, especially in the Christian community, is like, oh, it's all going to work out. God's, you know, saying these things that are true. Yes, it's in the Bible. Um, but sometimes that just doesn't, it's not helpful in a situation <laughs> when you're waiting for a long time. I can't, I can't remember how many times, you know, people were so encouraging of me, to me. And, um, and, and, and sometimes I just, I avoided and was like, Yes, I'm going to just stick to that, but I didn't acknowledge the feelings that were coming up, the disappointment, um, sadness, anger, whatever it was. Um, And so I I feel like even not being afraid to acknowledge the feelings and not pushing them down and pushing them aside um, if you're waiting and if you're feeling frustrated, like allowing the frustration and and the not so great feelings to really be an invitation to ask the Lord, like, what's really going on here? Like, is the, is, the, is the fear that I'm feeling, like, the, the lack of control? Is the feeling that, that I'm feeling valid, you know? Sometimes you just want the Lord to validate you, like, I am mad. <laughs> Help me, <laughs> you know? I don't want to be mad. And so asking the Lord what's really going on, because it could not be the obvious, oh, your situation or circumstance, it could be something a little bit deeper. So I just feel like there's um, a lot of opportunity for the Lord to speak to you when you acknowledge even the feelings that aren't so great in your season. In your season. Um, I think that waiting is your fuel. Like waiting is fuel and all the emotions that come up in it through the waiting, the good or, or the bad are things to pay attention to. And you get to bring it all to the Lord. And it becomes an offering for the Lord and actually becomes an accelerant for your, your intimacy with the Lord, for, for just driving yourself deeper into the goodness of the Lord. So waiting is your fuel. So making it a little more practical, yes, those are things that you shouldn't do. So what should you do in the waiting? Um, I, I call it active, actually like to call it actively waiting um, or engaging or be ready to engage um, in what God has for you. And, and worshiping him for who he is while you wait, I think, was one of the most powerful tools for me. Um, and, and we, I think a lot of us love worship and um, enjoy it, but especially during seasons of waiting, I think it can be easy for us to focus even in our worship, like focusing on like battling and warring in the spirit for your for the solution or the strategy when really the worship should be about who he is and acknowledging who he is while you wait. That was something that uh, drastically changed the way that I worship, especially during the seasons where it was five, six years into my marriage and I still hadn't seen breakthrough, even though it was spoken over me and promised to me um, 
it changed the way that I worship. So instead of this, this posture of desperation for change, it was just that posture shift of acknowledging who the Lord is and your situation begins to, to shrink, I think. And, and there's something to the saying that, you know, eyes off the, the problem, eyes on the promise. There's so something to that, and I've, I've clung to that verse, or, or that, not verse, but should be a verse in the Bible, <laughs> a quote that I heard at TRP like long, long time ago um, that really just changed how I, um, how I viewed the situation. So your, your focus is so, can be so narrow, and you forget all the other things that are going on and the people who need what you carry. If you're so focused on the problem, you're forgetting the people around you who need what you already carry. And so... Another thing you can do in the waiting is praise him for what he's already done and what he will do. And so that's where I think I love going, looking back at my journals and writings and all that and um, just looking at what he's done. Like I look at, I would not be where I am today um, and given my history of, of a really hard, long, tumultuous marriage, um, I wouldn't be where I'm at in my faith. I wouldn't be here at the resting place. I wouldn't have relationships with the people I do here um, if it wasn't for that. And so I think just being able to look over what he's done, um, even just reflecting, spending time in, in your quiet time, reflecting on the goodness of God in your life, even just your health and your family and the roof over your head. Like if those are just the tiny little areas that you can start with and work your way out from, there was a season where I literally would just start from the top of my head because I didn't know what else to thank God for. I was like, okay, God, thank you for my brain. Thank you for my eyes. Thank you that I can smell. Thank you. Thank you for my voice. And I would literally go down and thank you for my organs. Thank you for the blood in my body. Like I literally had to just start thanking God for those things because I didn't feel thankful outside of that. (laughs) I didn't know what else to thank God for because I didn't see it. Um, And so that, that really changed the way um, that I, that I looked at the Lord and I, and I was able to praise him and worship him and acknowledge him and his goodness through something a really long time of waiting. Something else that you can do in the waiting is celebrate others when they experience favor and using it as, as like a, a deposit into your future. I think Chris Vallott had said something similar to that, and it really just spoke to me that I can often find it really difficult to celebrate other people if I'm going through a really hard time and seeing them prosper or have favor, and I'm like, well, what about me? You know, like, I know, you know. It, it's, it can be so, um, it's actually really liberating to celebrate others. <laughs> when, you, when you can just lay down your own, what you're waiting for, um, and you can celebrate others, and truly, I have, I've had to ask the Lord to help me in that area because it often feels very unnatural to me um, I, I can, you know, those feelings of whether it's envy, jealousy, um, irritation, whatever it is, you're like, good for them. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> Congratulations on that, you know, um, is celebrating others. And that's something that I've really, um, kind of been heaven bent on in this season of my life is, is going, um, is spending time with people who have marriages that I value and that, and that I look up to and celebrating that for them because I want that for me. <laughs> I want that for me in my future. So I'm using it as deposit into my future um, to celebrate others. And, and if others are, um, you know, have a job or a great opportunity or making more money than me or have a better car, whatever it is, like, I just feel like I've really been making it a practice to celebrate others when they're experiencing good things or favor. And another thing that you can do in the waiting 
that we'll talk a little bit more about is beholding him and learning and like learning what that even is. And it's in the Bible and maybe you're hearing it a lot. It's been something that that's been on my heart um, and highlighted to me since the beginning of the year. Um, truly just diving into, you know, learning and making, beholding the Lord a practice so it becomes a lifestyle. So it's not just something that you do during worship or in your quiet time, but like it's a lifestyle that, that I'm beholding the Lord even now. And so I, I want to talk, a li- I really want to talk a little bit about that um, in a little bit. Another thing that you can do in the waiting um, is practice and growing hear- in hearing his voice, which I already kind of touched on. And there's so many opportunities and ways to do that. Um, another thing that you can do in the waiting is building. And so what are you building? Are you building community? Are you building your business? Um, spent, you know, building, um, building up your family, building up um, your savings, whatever it is. I feel like there's an opportunity to build while you wait. That, that helps take your mind off of, you know, sometimes of the waiting or how long it can feel. That building something, putting your hands to something, getting things done can actually be really, um, like the smaller goals can really be helpful cleaning out your closets, going through your clothes. Like those things are making room and you're building, um, you're building that space for the Lord, for the new thing that God's doing. Another thing that you can do in the waiting is growing in, the, in loving God and loving others well. Learning to lo- like celebrate and love others well, I think is something that um, we often forget about when we're in a really hard season because our, our problems can seem so daunting and um, all-consuming. And so I think um, even just asking the Lord where you can grow in loving him better and loving other people better, I think that's, um, it's so easy to, even with your friends, talk about what's going on. If it's a long season of waiting or whatever you're going through or sickness or a job opportunity that you're waiting to hear on, I think it's easy um, to, to always have that on your on your top of mind, but sometimes I think just taking the focus off of, of, of the problem or, or the waiting season and learning to love others well, like really, truly learning to love others well and grow in compassion. I need to grow in the area of compassion. Um, and so I've asked the Lord to help me because I, I want to love others well and love them then good. So then I can, when my breakthrough does come, like I'm already equipped with a lot of things um, that, that the Lord's wanting to teach me and show you um, through those seasons. And so learning to love him and love others well. Another thing um, is stewarding well the work that's in front of you while you're waiting. So whether that's your career, your family, your marriage, um, your friendships, businesses, whatever it is, like stewarding well what's in front, right in front of you. Because like I said, if, it's, if there's something going on, if there's a situation or a circumstance or it is that all-consuming, it can affect your relationships. It can affect your work. It certainly did with mine. I felt like all I did was talk about my broken marriage to my friends and family and looking back I'm like man I probably sounded like a broken record and they're probably just like do something about it (laughs) um even though I I was it there's just that that stewarding well if you're stewarding relationships this should be a two-way street you should be talking and asking questions and listening and um not just talking about your season of waiting or whatever you're going through and something else that I think is really important that people often forget about is caring and nurturing for yourself in the waiting like, how are you caring for your heart in your season of waiting? How are you caring for your physical body in your season of waiting? You're not ready to go into your next season <clears throat> if you're not stewarding yourself well. And so 
you're doing things like caring for yourself and whether that's eating better or working out or even just walk, going out for a walk or spending time, whatever you have to do, whatever you consider self-care and nurturing for yourself, for your body, for your mind, for your spirit, it's so you can be the best you in the next season of, and, or in the breakthrough for yourself and for those around you and those that you're called to impact. So if you're letting your health slide in, in the waiting season or because you don't know what to do and you just kind of let your kind of letting yourself go, you're, you're not going to be able to bring your best self into that season of breakthrough, into the healing, if, and impact the people you're called to impact if you're not caring for yourself now. And so that's a really good question to ask the Lord. Like, are there any areas that I'm not caring for myself well? It might be food. I love Taco Bell. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> Taco Bell, it's my guilty pleasure. <laughs> yeah, Taco Bell, yeah. I use it as, you know, a treat meal every now and then. It was, yeah. <laughs> I haven't had it in a while, so. Um, so, yeah, so asking, asking yourself the question, how, how can I better care for myself or how can I better nurture myself and, and go through all those areas emotionally, physically, professionally, spiritually, how are you caring for yourself and nurturing for yourself in those areas? And there be, may be an area that, you're, that you didn't realize that, that the Lord's going to highlight to you. Maybe it is emotionally. Maybe you need to start going to, to, see, to see a counselor that you've been putting off or you're afraid because you can't afford it. That's something that I dealt with because I work for myself and don't have health insurance. And so I, I knew that I had to invest. And so it requires sacrifice in other areas because I, I cared so much about my emotional health and wanted to be the best version of me um, going through a divorce, especially. I, I really wanted to, to do it well. And I didn't want to do it the way that the world has always kind of had this divorce being a really ugly and mean thing. Um, I, I never experienced anger going through my divorce. And I, I almost felt like my, my counselor didn't really, she was a Christian counselor, but she said that I was going to experience anger at some point, and, and I haven't yet. Maybe I will somewhere down the line, but I, I, I was disappointed, sad, yes, but I never felt anger. And I feel like... Um, I can at least pay attention, um, but I can also not play into the game or play into the, the standard of what, what waiting can look like. So whether it's going through a divorce or um, a financial turmoil season, like it doesn't have to look like what the world shows you <laughs> or what's been modeled to you. I was like so, like I am not doing this divorce ugly. Um, it's something that I think gave me peace. I'm going to share a story. The night before um, my ex-husband uh, called and, and told me uh, that he wanted divorce, I had a dream. And I had a dream that um, I was looking at my phone and I got a text from him and it said, it's over for good and it's not your fault. And then he hung up. Um, or the phone went out and I woke up. Um, that was the night before. And uh, so when I actually got the call the next morning, I, I wasn't, I mean, it was like, okay. <laughs> I wouldn't smile, certainly didn't smile through it, and I was just like, okay. And I think he was expecting something really like <laughs> a scream. I don't know. Um, I just, I, God showed me. <laughs> and so I think God, like paying attention to your dreams is a, a way that the Lord can speak to you and, and can prepare your heart. He prepared me for that moment in such a quick, like, 
two-second dream. Like, he prepared me for that. And so I think just something that we can do is to steward our dreams well, like our night dreams and our daydreams and those fleeting thoughts, like writing them down and not, not dismissing them. Um, yeah, so... One of the, um, the last thing that we can um, that I want to touch on that you can do in the waiting is surrendering, surrendering your agenda, surrendering what you think it's going to look like, surrendering what you actually feel like you're waiting for. Like if you're waiting for a, for a specific opportunity in a job, maybe that's not even the job the Lord has for you, and so surrendering that in order for you to experience. Well, all that God has for you, even in the waiting, you have to have space, I think, for the Lord to move and breathe. And um, we're not putting it, we're not called to put him in a box. And so, yes, he wants our whole surrendered self, but he doesn't, he, he wants our whole yes, but he doesn't want perfection. So, of course, you're, it's like a constant um, or continuous surrender, um, an invitation to surrender, whether that's um, surrendering your finances or surrendering your marriage or surrendering your timeline, surrendering your dreams and, and trusting that, yes, God, God knows the, the desires of your heart and, and knows the dreams that you have for yourself. And though I believe a lot of those, if not most of them, are God-given. And so just not putting him in a box of what, yes, if he's given you a, a future or a marriage in your future, not letting yourself put him in a box um, because it might just look different. The timing might look different. And so I just think that surrender invitation to surrender is something we can do over and over again as we actively wait for the Lord. And so I think something that... Um, that I love, that I got from my my journey. Um, I was uh, actually living in Las Vegas at the time during my divorce, and I was deciding whether I was going to come back to Florida or um, go stay with my parents in Connecticut for a little while. And uh, I ended up taking a road trip. Um, I was driving across the country, but instead of going all the way across from Las Vegas to Connecticut, um, I took like the most roundabout way and visited friends and um, really just took time for myself. And I had this moment of, of revelation. It seems so silly, and I feel like God uses the most cliche phrases and things and words for me to like, you'll get that like, going from revelation to revelation and glory to glory on things. And you, I'm sure you probably heard the phrase, it's about the journey, not the destination. Very cliche, but I had this moment. I was like going through like the canyons in like North Carolina or something. And I was like, it's about the journey, not the destination. And I'm like, I just flooded with revelation of like, look at where I am. Like I get to journey, with, like I go on a road trip with Holy Spirit. Like I start to see all these things kind of come and piece together in, in, in my mind as I'm, as I'm driving across the country. And so um, I think there's so much that you can learn from your own journey and your own waiting experience. So take the time to really see the gift of the season that you're in. And using the extra time that you have now or using the time in the waiting to learn and study and hone in on your own gifts, to, to really lean into what the Lord is saying, lean into his voice, grow in hearing his voice, learning scripture, reading the word, not just to read it, but to like get it saturated in your soul because then you get to, to rely on it and rest in it in the times where you need it the most. And you don't have to even, I'm not great, I don't have a great memory, but I don't really memorize scripture, but sometimes like you'll just have this a phrase from scripture come to mind. So thank God for Google because then you can look it up. Um, and, and I've just gotten to really enjoy, like I've got to hone in on my gift of um, encouragement and the Lord uses my gift of encouragement because he put that in me. And so I'm encouraged by him 
as I hone in on my gifts, you get to do that in your season. Um, taking the time to do that in the season that you're in is honing in, learning, studying, growing, building. Um, I think a great practical way to do this is um, like honing in on your gifts. It, it, getting into community is one of them. I think the Jesus Lab um, is a great opportunity for you to grow, um, find community, and do. that's a way to nurture yourself, to nurture your spirit, to grow in your identity. That's part of your journey. So it's a great, great opportunity if you're, if you're in the waiting or if you're in a season um, or just in, in that, like in the in-between when you feel like your life's hanging in the balance. I think that there's something um, really important that there's skills that you can get there. You can hone in and learn and study um, during the Jesus Lab or coming to these classes on Wednesdays, getting community, attending a life group. There's so many things that you can do to be like caring for your spirit and your soul while you're in the waiting. Um, I think practicing just repeating and going over what the Lord says about you, not just about him, but like what is he saying about your identity? Who does he say we are? And so when we're prepared in the, in the future, when, when our promises come to pass or when our dreams come, we get to arrive at that place without having, you know who you are when you're already there. So it's not like you have to do that learning. You're not just sitting around. You're, you know, so you can arrive at that place of like, we are royal priests. <laughs> we are sons and daughters. And so truly understanding and understanding with confidence who, what that looks like. What, it, what do you look like as a son or a daughter? Um, I feel like if you ask the Lord, like, can you give me daughter lessons? <laughs> can you give me lessons on being a son? Like, what he has so much to teach you. And so you're preparing yourself so you can walk into the next season with confidence and without the pain or pressure um, of just not preparing well with, if you don't prepare and again, if you need to figure out what walking in your royalty looks like, Jesus Lab, bing, <laughs> brought to you by Jesus Lab. Um, <laughs> um, I think something that, that um, stuck out to me too is um, not giving up hope, but carrying the promises God has spoken over you in your heart. Mary did that. It said in Luke 2.19, Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. And so I think thinking about those think, thinking about those promises, thinking about your dreams and desires or um, the outcome of what you want a situ situation to, to look like is, isn't bad, but it's like, where are you holding them? Is it, is, it in, is it taking the place of the Lord that you're obsessing over when we should be obsessing over him and his goodness and his presence? Like, I want to be so obsessed with his presence that like, yes, I can hold the dreams and desires in my heart and he cares so much about them, but like, if it's taking the place... Of what of of just the Lord in front of you, beholding Him and looking at Him, then that's that's where it can kind of get messy. We lose our focus that way, and so I just love that it said Mary, she kept the things in her heart and thought about them often. In Romans five, it says, um, "Our hope and our hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit." And so I think there's a difference between like. Just hoping, like that, that eager anticipation. A lot of times people will say, oh, I'll just give up on that, or it'll never, that person will never change, or whatever. Those, those kind of negative sides to, to issues and seasons. But hope is something that um, will, it's a promise. It's not going to put us to shame. And the reasoning is because God's love has been poured into our hearts. And so if you're not experiencing the love of the Father, I think this is, um, your season is an invitation to experience the love of God in a new way.
And so there's an invitation in the waiting for intimacy and healing in, in other areas of your life. It's an invitation of letting go of things in order to make room for, for the new things, surrendering. And so I think there's something really important about the whole idea of letting go, letting go of weight that ha- that's been holding you back. And so I think I, I want to touch a little bit on the feelings that come up in the waiting because, yes, there's hope and, it's, and there's that, like, eager expectation and anticipation, but there's frustration, there's irritation, there's friction, there's, there might be anger, obsession. And a lot of times it's, it's often because there's something that he needs access to. And so when you feel that frustration, I think it's important that we acknowledge those feelings, but also allowing him to have access to those areas. If you feel like you're not, like maybe some of you have been holding on to, to irritation about something, waiting, waiting, waiting on breakthrough, or waiting for direction, and he's asking you to let go. And he's asking for a fresh yes and a surrender for things that are, might be hindering you either from either waiting well or becoming who you're called to be is what's going to happen. And so asking yourself the question, God, what do I need to let go of in order to receive or hear the thing I'm waiting for, what you have for me? And you might not like, not like what you get. You might not like what he highlights to you. Maybe it is starting to take care of your body well, and that requires you to get up in the morning and go to the gym. <laughs> Maybe it requires of you stepping out of your house, of your comfort zone, and spending time with people who deserve your time and who want your time, but you don't want to give it to them because you want a little pity party or you want to just go home and sleep. Um, so I think just asking him the question, what do I need to let go of in order to receive or hear the thing I'm waiting for and what you have for me? And so that, that act of surrender, throwing off the weight. Um, Hebrews 12.1, it talks about being surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses and says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. I just, I love that because another version says, um, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So we have direction here to look at, at the life of Jesus in our waiting, that we can ask him what we need to throw off, what's hindering us. Like, Lord, what is hindering me from being the best in this season? What's hindering me from stewarding well the things that you've called me to do? Is there, any, you know, asking him those questions and being open and willing to receive the answer. You can experience the fullness of what he paid for in the waiting the fullness of what he paid for. Maybe you just need to ask him what he paid for. He didn't just come to forgive your sins. He, we're here because he wants to give us an abundant life on earth. So we don't have to we- be wearily waiting to go to heaven. We get to experience the fullness now. You get to experience the fullness of the Lord even in your waiting. 
there's a surrender, a letting go, and a release. And it's not about how big or grand or outward, exp- like how, how what big sacrifice or this big surrender. Sometimes it's about those small, tiny little steps of obedience and faithfulness. Like that's truly, I think, I think it's more about those small acts than the big acts of, of sacrifice and surrendering. Like those small steps, sometimes the little nudge and the, the little like nudging of the Holy Spirit to just, he may not even be nudging you. It might just be like a highlight where you constantly see something or constantly are, are paying attention to things and you're not, you're, you're not recognizing them as an invitation to surrender and to sacrifice those things because some of those things are good things, but God has better. And so, yes, maybe working out is something that you love to do and maybe you're doing too much of it. Maybe you're numbing and not addressing the problem, and so maybe you need to sacrifice some of that time to spend with the Lord. Maybe you're on social media too much. I know I certainly am finding myself getting sucked into the scroll. Um, (laughs) And so sacrifice might look like deleting a a social media app off your phone so you can just, like, take the time for the Lord or set a timer on your phone, Um, maybe even extending you know, saying no to something so you can say yes to the Lord and then that season so you can hear his voice, so you can make time so you're not just checking it off the box in the morning. I thought it was really interesting. Um, as I was preparing for this, someone was like, oh, I'm, I, you know, the word, the, the phrase hope deferred came to me. And they were like, maybe that's something for to share. And I was actually, I hadn't even thought of it Um and it talks about in the in the in Proverbs, hopes hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I never like truly actually looked into into it. Um, you kind of like have a general under I had a general understanding of it. And the Passion Translation defines deferred hope as the dream that seems to drag on and on. The delay can be that can be depressing. And in the New King James it says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And in the Strong's Concordance, the, um, the definition of deferred was interesting. It's drawn out, extended, prolonged, scattered, to stretch out, to delay, and shriveled up fruit. <laughs> and if we're called to bear fruit in every season, I don't want to bear shriveled fruit. I want to I bear really good fruit. Um, and I think just taking a, a deeper look into, into that passage, um, it actually shows two different ways of living in Proverbs 13. Living with uh, righteousness and wisdom or living without wisdom. And so hope deferred that makes the heart sick is actually the, the bad side, the, the not so good side. It's, it's actually a lie because the second half of the verse shows us that there's truth and wisdom and the righteous way of living. And so the rest of that verse, after it says hope deferred makes the heart sick, in the Passion Translation, it then says, when at last your dreams come true, life's sweetness will satisfy your soul. And in the New King James at the end of the verse, it says, when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. And so when we reject the lie that we have to wait, (laughs) that we have to wait and it's not so great, we get to live with wisdom instead. Then we'll know that our desire, when it comes, when your dream comes to pass, when your promise comes to pass, it'll satisfy your souls. And so we get to choose to have wisdom or not have wisdom and I'm, I'm pretty sure if you guys are seeking wisdom, <laughs> that's why you're here. You want, you want things to, to, to nurture you and to help you grow. And, and so I think that um, we get to say yes to wisdom. I, I say yes to wisdom. And so the choice 
of wisdom is really to let hope or expectancy of a promise be something life-giving to us. Like the waiting is should be life-giving because that's truly where that the journey is, enjoying the journey. That was one of the phrases that I kind of clung to was enjoying the journey. Like, Lord, help me enjoy the journey. Like, I want to have fun. I want to, I can, can often get so serious and it can get so like, so so obsessive over something or so obsessive over a decision that you forget to have fun. And I think that that's something that can add to that heart sickness is not enjoying the journey and not and, and losing that sense of fun or that childlikeness. And so I know something that I'm trying to do is just be, have more fun, do things that, you know, do things that are light and airy and, and don't have to be so serious all the time or I don't have to always be trying to figure out the, the solution to the problem. And so I, I want wisdom, yes, but I also, um, I want to have fun. And I think it's easy, um, it's easier if you are discerning, able to discern the voice of the Lord, whether or not you're believing the lie that your heart will grow sick or your, when your desire comes the opposite. Um, that's the truth. That's wisdom. Because when your desire comes, it's a tree of life and its sweetness will satisfy your soul. That's why we wait. In Proverbs 10, it talks about um, the longings of the lovers of God will all be fulfilled. And that, pr- that promise, I've been reading through Proverbs this month, and um, today was, that was um, from Proverbs 10, that the longings of the lovers of God will all be fulfilled. He's a promise keeper, guys. So that means when we long, when we long for him, all of our needs, all of our, all of our satis- like things that we're looking for will be satisfied and fulfilled. And in verse 5 of Proverbs 10, it, ta- it says, Know the importance of the season that you're in, and a wise son you will be. But what a waste when an incompetent son sleeps through his day of opportunity. Every day is an opportunity to grow in wisdom, to grow in hearing his voice, to grow in love. Like God just, we're, we want to be rooted and grounded in love. That's who we're called to be. That's part of our identity. And so if we're an incompetent son sleeping through our day of opportunity, we're missing out on wisdom. And part of the end of that verse, or uh, that passage, it says, living in worship and awe of God will bring you many years of contented living. It doesn't say perfect living. It doesn't say having everything you're go- going your way. But when we live in worship and awe of God, it will bring you many years of contented living. And before I talk, go into a little bit about beholding, I, I just want to pray Ephesians 1. Did you know your eyes, your, your heart has eyes? I listened to a, a message on beholding on the flight back from Connecticut. I went to, to visit family, and, and the, the person who was speaking asked that question. And I was like, that's a really good way to put it. And um, our, eyes, our, our heart has eyes. And in Ephesians 1, it says, I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination or your heart, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling, that is the wealth of God's glorious inheritances that he finds in us, his holy ones. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. This is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. 
And now he is exalted as first above every ruler, authority, government, and realm of power in existence. He is gloriously enthroned over every name that is ever praised, not only in this age, but in the age that is coming. He alone is the leader and source of everything needed in the church. And God has put everything beneath the authority of Jesus Christ and has given him the highest rank above all others. And now we, his church, are his body on the earth and that which fills him who is being filled by it. I just believe that the Lord is giving us new eyes, fresh eyes for our hearts tonight, that you're going to be able to see your situation or your season of waiting in a completely new light because you'll be able to be an advertisement through your journey, through the processing. You'll be able to be a living, walking advertisement. I believe that the Lord clearly told me that my life is an advertisement of learning how to wait well and having hope and being patient, and, and the fruit of patient endurance, like enduring something that was so long and hard. I've now seen the fruit of, and I can look back and see why and see how things have changed. And even though people have given me promises over my marriage and over my life, it just looks different now. I'm real, I realize, wow, like those people weren't wrong. They didn't give me wrong words. It wasn't, it wasn't a wrong word. It just looks different than what I had expected it to look like. And so I get to go back on those words that were spoken over my previous marriage and be like, no, those are actually true, and that's going to be for my future marriage. (laughs) So I get to, that's, (laughs) 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 so I just, I just believe that the words, um, like the words that you've received, like those are things that to cling to and to ask the Lord about. To not, just, to not just look for a word, but to look for the revelation and stewarding that word. Well, I want to steward every well that was, steward well the word, any word that was spoken over my, my last marriage or my life, whether it's my job, my career, my calling, my purpose. And so I just want the eyes of our hearts to just flood us with light and so we can experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. We inherited, we already inherited the, everything, <laughs> From Jesus, through Jesus. And so we don't have to wait any longer. We can experience it now. And so in Romans, it talks about being, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And that's where hope doesn't put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. What a verse that we can just, that, that should be your, your anchor. Rejoicing in your sufferings, rejoicing in the waiting trusting that it will produce not just endurance, but character and hope. Jesus. Psalm 27 says, wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. I don't think it's a coincidence that he put in there twice. (laughs) It's in the Bible often and so there's something to, to waiting for the Lord. I love the Passion Translation version. It says, don't give up. Don't be impatient. Be entwined as one with the Lord. Be brave and courageous and never lose hope. Yes, keep on waiting for he will never disappoint you. There's another promise. He will never disappoint you. So if you're experiencing disappointment, you get to ask the Lord, like, what, what is truly going on there? Why am I experiencing disappointment? Jesus waited even knowing, <laughs> he waited well knowing he was going to die. Like he waited well and he stewarded well his life here on earth. And so he's the perfect example. 
what, of what to do in the waiting. He led others. He devoted himself to the Lord. Like the, He's just the perfect example for everything we need, but th- specifically with waiting. And so when you wait on the Lord, strength and faith and hunger rise and are renewed. Curiosity grows. You gain wisdom in the waiting. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So if you're feeling weary, if you're feeling like you're faint, if you're feeling discouraged, we get to wait longer. (laughs) We get to wait because we know our strength will be renewed. If If we're promised that we go from glory to glory with the Lord, that's where we get to rise up and mount on wings like eagles, trusting, <laughs> trusting that that's what happens. We'll, the wisdom that we'll gain, the fruit that you'll gain from your season of waiting. I'm so grateful for my, <laughs> I'm so grateful for my previous marriage because I'm I'm where I am and, and the hunger, it's it like pushed me launched me into just growing and hearing God's voice for my situation. And so I think it's something that even in his silence when I was waiting um, for direction or anything, he was still communicating because he was, he was, he's always wooing you. He's always pursuing you. And goodness and mercy were promised that it follows us every day of our life. And so if we're not experiencing that, maybe we're just not looking in the right di- direction because if it's chasing after us, sometimes you just have to turn and look, and you'll experience it. And experience it. I love that he, the different ways he speaks, different channels, and you know whatever. However he speaks, it's so it's so important because we grow in hearing his voice, not just to get a word, but to know the the voice of the Lord, to know the heart of the Father. And that's part of like my life's passion and purpose is to con- help people connect to the voice in the heart of God. I'll never stop running after learning, hearing in his voice. And I never want to discount and discredit. And people can call you crazy or that you're, your head's in the clouds and you may have wild encounters, whatever. I think there's something to enjoying the, <laughs> enjoying the process, enjoying the weird things leaning into the things that maybe don't make so much sense to you and having a trusted community to share those things with. People say, and the Lord might even tell you to keep on waiting, (laughs) but we're told to take courage and be strong and take heart. So asking the Lord what that looks like. Yes, keep waiting. And if you stay sensitive to his voice and spirit, you'll know when that happens. You'll know when the shift is coming. He may even show you when that breakthrough is coming. He may show you that you'll get the job um, and you get to, he gets to give you strategy. So keep on waiting. So maybe a timing thing that, yes, you're promised a marriage, but it may just, he may just tell you to keep waiting. <laughs> and so you get to keep waiting in hope, hopeful expectation And so maybe you can ask him how you can wait well or where your focus should be for that day or that season of your life. Still keeping that that hope and that dream or that desire in the background. And so waiting sometimes looks like sitting and surrendering to the silence and not moving until you feel the shift of his presence or you hear his voice. Sometimes because we're spiritual beings and so... It might not be that booming voice from heaven or a dove bringing clarity on a card to you, but it could be a simple shift in the atmosphere around you. 
that you've been praying for peace in your home and you haven't felt it yet and you've been contending for, maybe you're so focused on that that you haven't even recognized when peace has come. So I think just surrendering to his voice, surrendering to the silence, because his, his voice doesn't have to be audible. It doesn't have to be words. It's his presence. And so the more we look at him, the more we behold him, the more we become like him, God isn't out of hope. And so it's not about trying harder, like, I'm going to wait harder. Oh, I'm just going to sit here and wait harder. I can do this. I can do this. Like, it's just looking at Jesus more. <laughs> it really is. That's what I really kind of, if you kind of put beholding into a quick little statement, it's just looking at Jesus more. And I think I wrestled a little bit with that of like, well, what does Jesus look like? Or like, am I picturing a man? Like the way is, you know, like what, what is he actually, you know, what, yes, I, that it's, it's, it is that simple. And I think just the discipline, like when I heard that your, your heart has eyes in that new way, when the question was posed to me, it's changed the way that I've looked at beholding because it's not like, I'm not like squeezing my eyes. Like I'm looking at him. Like, it's like, I'm looking at him right now. Like I'm beholding the King right here. And every time you look at him, you're being transformed. I want to constantly be transformed. We're called to be transformed. And you can't do anything or get, get what you want without beholding him. Beholding the truth of who God is or, or what's going to transform you. Beholding his face is what will transform you. You don't have to muster up the willpower to wait. All you have to do is look at him. And out of that intimacy, we get, to, we get to rule wherever we walk. We get to rule over our waiting. It doesn't, own, it doesn't own us. We get to rule that waiting. So whatever you're contending for, just start beholding Jesus. And as we wait and behold and seek and pray and ask for wisdom, he will reveal himself to us. He will speak to you. He will give you strategy. He will break through for you. He will heal you. We can trust him. We can turn to him. We can turn to other people. He's with us as our intercessor and will bring us through into the fullness of God. That's what he promises us. He intercedes for us. He's interceding for you right now for your situation. Jesus isn't intimidated by your, by your issues or by your season of waiting. He doesn't get discouraged. He paid the high price for you so he won't leave you hanging. Like that is something, if that's one thing that you take away, like he paid the high price for, for you. So he's not just going to leave you hanging high and dry. He's the perfect leader. He's, he is wisdom itself. He's purity. He's guidance. He's everything you need. He doesn't see the waiting as a waste of time. Oh, it's such a beautiful invitation. Jesus. The pressure or the tension or the waiting should drive you into him, deeper into him, him in you. You in him. So the waiting should make us hungry. It should make us so 
disgustingly, desperately hungry for the presence of the Lord. And so if, if you just think about beholding as like looking at him, let it get you curious. Because I, I have no idea. I'm like, I don't know what I'm trying to look at. Like thinking of the picture of what Jesus might look like. I, I just started to get curious. I'm like, Lord, what does it look like? And sometimes he would just show me his feet. <laughs> and so we're just like, okay, well, what, what about your feet? And sometimes it's, sitting at, it's just sitting at his feet or just imagining myself like washing his feet with my hair. So, so what, is, what does it mean to behold Jesus? The abundant life, I believe, comes from beholding Jesus, and it doesn't mean that there's perfection or it's trouble-free or that there's no more waiting, but we get to experience that fullness and abundant life when we behold Jesus. Your heart's eyes need a target. So what are you gazing at? And anything less than Jesus will leave you just lusting after more. It'll leave you just itching for something to, to fill that space. And so your heart's eyes, I just, I love that picture. Like it changes the way that I think about it. So it's not just my eye, thinking about my eyes looking at Jesus. It's my eyes looking at Jesus. And our hearts are always searching for something. We're designed to, to, to search after and gaze at Jesus and behold him. And so anything less than Jesus will leave us lusting after more. Our only true satisfaction is found when we gaze at him. I just encourage you, let this season be a season of growing and beholding him. The place of transformation is when we look at him with the eyes of our heart, enjoying and, and receiving the transformation the wet and, and the waiting. The common phrase in scripture, you become what you behold, it's true. If you're always looking at your problem or you're obsessing over it, your situation, it becomes, it becomes you instead of looking for wisdom or seeking answer or Jesus himself. So let beholding be a lifestyle, a lifestyle of leaning into his voice, leaning not on your own understanding, leaning on your beloved, leaning into the stillness and the silence, leading into the, into the voice of the Father. It's a lifestyle, and so I just feel like I want to just invite us into, into a time of just beholding the Lord. So in the waiting, there's things that you need, faith, hope, love, truth, identity, community. You need community to remind you who you are in the waiting. You don't want to lose yourself in the waiting. I want to come into my fullness in, in my waiting seasons. We need courage for the waiting, and all those things can be found in the word. They can be found in the Lord. And so if you don't have any of those things, faith, hope, love, truth, identity, community, courage, endurance, that's a great prayer point for your prayer life and your journey of waiting. If you don't want to know the truth, we're promised that the Holy Spirit leads us to all truth. So just some questions before we go into beholding that you can ask yourself in, in the car while you're driving and you're journaling or just as you're going about just moving forward from this evening, like asking God what you can do in the waiting. Like, God, what can I do? Sometimes you don't just don't know what to do. Sometimes you've tried everything. I felt like I tried every stinking thing in the book to try to fix my marriage and actually there was actually nothing I could do. 
accept or to change what was going on. I could change me. So God gives you direction. So ask God what you can do in the waiting. What do you need to let go of in order for the thing that you're waiting for to come through? There's things that some of you guys need to let go of. Some of it's fear, disappointment. What is he saying for the now? Not the future. What about now, God? Sometimes my my journaling prayer prompt in the morning is like, God, what are you saying now? Because he's always speaking something new. So maybe stop asking him, when is this going to happen? And just asking, what does he want to say now? God, what do you need me to know now? Some, some, some of you may need to ask the Lord, what do you think of me? Or what do you think of this situation? Or what do you think of my marriage? Or what do you think of my relationship? Or what do you think of my job? Or what do you think about this opportunity? Maybe you need to ask him what the promises are over your life. And maybe ask him where the focus for whether it's today or in your season should be. I think that we'll be surprised sometimes. We've been so so hyper-focused on what's going on around us that God's wanting to give you a focus for your season. Sometimes he'll give you a word or a phrase or a scripture for your season. And I just think that those, those are some really good questions. That you, can add, that you can start to ask the Lord if you feel like you're out of questions or if you've been asking the same thing over and over again. As I was praying uh, for tonight, I, I saw, um, I had a, a vision of tiny boxes, uh, the Lord giving you each tiny boxes, and he's giving you a word for your season of waiting. So whether you're waiting for a marriage or waiting for a breakthrough in your finances or your health, that you get to open that box and discover what he's written it, written on it. He has a gift for you. And so as you behold the Lord, you can ask him, even just activate that by just putting your hands out and asking the Lord. Just asking him what's in the box. What do you have to say about my season of waiting? I'm just going to pray us out and just let you just soak for a moment and just ask him. Father, I thank you for the courage to wait well. I thank you that you you have already infused us with the fullness of Christ. Father, I thank you for the wisdom that you carry. I thank you that every treasure and gift of heaven has already been deposited into each one of us. God, I just thank you for the keys in your word, in your written and spoken word, God. Everything we need is found in you. So as you take the box from the Lord, What does it look like? What is the texture on the box? What is the, what is, how big is it? How small is it? 
He's giving you the gift this evening. This is the word for your season. Oh, Father, let us steward well the words that you give us. Let us step out with courage. Let us step out with hope and eager expectation and anticipation to watch you, to watch you move. And we just partner with the promises over our life. We say yes. We say yes, Father, to this season of our lives. Help us to steward it well. Help us, Holy Spirit. Help us to steward well the promises and the dreams and the desires in your heart. And Father, I just impart the grace to become and to be transformed in the waiting. Grace to you. Grace to you. Grace to you. I speak peace, the heavenly peace that surpasses our understandings to wrap around each one of you in your season of waiting. Whatever it is you're waiting for, I bless your season that you will bear fruit in this season. You will hear the voice of the Father in this season louder than ever before. So I just open up your spiritual senses to hear the voice of the Lord I pray the eyes of your heart would be opened right now in Jesus' name. We say yes. We say yes, Lord. We say yes. We lean into the waiting. Dreams come alive and be revived right now in Jesus' name. Your marriage is not too far gone. Your children are not too far gone. Your dreams and desires have not been forgotten by the Lord. Your healing has not been forgotten by the Lord. He doesn't look at your bank account the way that you do. So I just speak favor. I speak favor over this season of your life, favor over your relationships in your community. And I just speak a richness to your quiet time and your intimacy with the Lord that you would begin to see a new side of his face, that you would behold him in a new way this season, that you'd be so undone by the love of the Lord, so undone that you wouldn't be able to to stop thinking about it, that your hearts would long and ache for him. And we love you, Father. We love you and we trust you. We trust you. Would you just tell him that you trust him? I trust you, God. I trust you. I trust you with my future, God. We trust you. We trust you. We trust you. And we love you, Father. And we just walk forward with boldness into this season of waiting. Thank you that you're the great encourager. We trust you, God. Amen. You can stay in that posture of beholding, or if you have questions, you can ask me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. 
We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.